Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas, the gang just hung around and decompressed from the horrors of 2020. Hobo? Bride of Hobo? As student body president, I have an announcement to make. Although, I believe that this proclamation calls for a more festive setting. Classmates, mothers, fathers, Nana. Prom is officially back on. So I'd like to propose a toast to Generations United. Together, we have proven victorious to all of us and to a senior prom that we will never forget. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue. But the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine. Just fine, just, just fine. There's Jughead and Betty. A serial killer serving some jail time. Jail time, jail, jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops and mimosas at Veronica's. Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime. Some crime, some, some crime. Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine. Maybe damage, damn, damn, damage. Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time with Team Cheryl. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, where this week we will be covering the finale, the surprise finale of season four of Riverdale. Uh, before that, um, our, me and our regular co-host, Valeska. You listed me first. This has never happened before. What and did Jason. I do to deserve this? <laughs> And Jason. I defer my time to uh, Valeska. So sweet. Okay, yeah, all right, sounds great. Um, so <laughs> before we before we start the episode, uh, we just kind of want to, uh, you sweet, know, address, address everything that's going on in the world uh, and just not kind of try and, like, push it under the rug and pretend like it's all going fine because it's not. Real world is a happening. And there are quite a bit of Riverdale connections to what's happening because it has brought up a lot of conversations around race and the show. Um, Now, before we get into what's kind of more apt to our podcast, I think it's probably a good idea to talk about some organizations that you can donate to at this time if you have the money and you're able to. And we've each picked out a few uh, organizations which we think that who should donate to if you have the means. This is actually all coming from a master list, which we will post in the episode notes. And it was actually written by our very own Valeska, who, while the rest of the horror community was imploding upon itself, took her time and effort to make a very good list of places you can donate, proving that she's for diversity even when... Wait, even when it's not cool? Sorry, not even <laughs> Fuck it. It was meant to be a bet. Oh, that was supposed to be a heartfelt compliment. I messed no, up. No, I mean, I, I know what you were going for, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that was doing that while everything was going on. Uh, although the horror community is kind of imploding on itself, which is really something to see. Yeah, I but guess. what I said to um, Andrew is there's going to be a power vacuum, much like, um, you know, um, Iraq. Um, 
you know, there's going to be a power vacuum. <laughs> wow. And, um, <laughs> Don't bring my uh, name or scream. my publication's names into this. Jesus what, Christ. What I'm saying is Nanny of Scream is ISIS. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, okay, so uh, two minutes thirty-five seconds. Andrew, can you mark that? Ah, uh, yes, I can, and that'll be the only. That'll be where the episode cuts, and that's the whole episode. Uh, that's what um, it ends. At. Anyway, so um, you can find so the list anyways, on anatomyofscream.com. The Dick Cheney of this podcast has just given his interesting insights into the world. Um, Valeska, what organizations did you really want to uh, filter highlight and talk about and highlight? Filter into and talk. I don't know what my brain was doing there, but. Um, so you can find the whole list on anatomyofascream.com, but we all just picked out like a couple to just kind of highlight, and I wanted to talk about the Remix Project, which was created in order to help level the playing field for young people from marginalized and underserved communities. Um, you can find that at the remix, remixproject.com. Uh, I also wanted to highlight uh, the Say Her Name campaign, um, which kind of like just talks about... Um, intersectional state violence and its impact upon black women and femmes nationwide in particular. Um, they're building up policy agendas and doing a lot of great stuff. Um, and my final pick was the Rain Rainbow Refugee Program, which supports um, LGB LGBTQ <laughs> refugees um, who are fleeing persecution. Why is my mouth not working today? <laughs> Anyway, as, those are my picks. Uh, as someone with list. a flawless mouth and who has not messed up on this podcast at all, that sounds oh, like a really that sounds like a really weird sentence to say that out loud. Really a flawless weird. mouth. Anyways, the two organizations that I chose to highlight, uh, I went for two organizations that were going for the arts uh, specifically. I wanted to kind of tackle and support um, the artistic angle. Um, so one of the ones I supported was the Halifax Black Film Festival. Um, and the Brooklyn Community Foundation. And you can find both of those and more information by just doing a simple search online or going to the resources that we supplied in the show notes. Okay. Um, I hope you guys don't mind. I want to say a little bit of something before I talk about my, um, my three selections. I do um, mind if it's something more about Iraq. Um, it's nothing to do with Iraq. Okay. <laughs> I promise. Um, I'm old enough to remember Rodney King on television um, and the aftermath of those events because I'm pretty old. Um, and like the racial bigotry and hatred of that event um, and how it kind of like echoes again and again, um, especially in uh, the United States. Um, it's seemingly endless parade that happens over and over and over again. And um, I think a lot of us are like asking ourselves why, especially those in the community who don't face the brutality um, that black people do from the police. And, uh, you know, and there was a time, you know, when I was um, younger, when I would look at like these type of events and the stuff that happened to like Charles Goodridge and Yuri Martin, Breonna Taylor, Justin Howell, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Philando Castile, Sean Monterosa, Jamel Floyd, some of them murdered prior to George Floyd. Some of them since in the events that have happened afterwards. And I think people like me, um, privileged white people, would say and still say to some degree, I'm not racist. Well, I, I kind of just want to address that because I think, at least me, I had to learn two things, right? Like, firstly, it isn't about me. It isn't about what I feel or think. Um, in many ways, the eternalization of 
others suffering through my lens is a um a dis- dissociation from what's actually happening right it's kind of a selfish notion it's 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 designed to distance yourself from what's happening um to become inert and to avoid guilt you know what i mean uh, but i think there's a cure for that disease and that is it's not enough to be not racist you have to be anti-racist you have to be action and do something about it right it's not okay it's not okay just to say i'm not racist because that's quite honestly if you're not doing something about it bullshit um so if you could protest please do so um if you could be out there i know there's a pandemic going on and i know that there's situations where people can't so i think that's why it's really important we highlight also there's other ways of taking action and that's to give to organizations that can keep the fire lit because this fire has to keep stay lit right this fire's been lit a couple times and we've allowed it to go out um and it's not good enough to let that happen it has to stay lit until these dead ass institutions are rendered to ash and i think that um that that's the only way that's going to happen is if we continue to feed that fire so uh, that's what i think the importance of is if you can protest protest if you can't give to worthy causes that can keep that fire lit um right right and um you know make videos in black and white um taking responsibility no that was a joke that's really bad if you're famous right now you're probably not listening to this but uh the only <laughs> thing you should be doing is opening your wallet uh not your mouth. <laughs> well i mean you uh, can not go making out... cringy videos that like highlight your experience with this yeah. right correct. placing yourself right. in the center um yeah so i want to highlight well that's a great one right because there's a lot of media stuff out there so one of the um these i picked these out of the list but these are places that i think are really great organizations that i think are worth your time and for very specific reasons so um media is a problem right now right so um we have our disgusting or my disgusting president um i'm the only one who's an american on this podcast and um i'm forever um embarrassed but it you know spreading fake news right so my first is unicorn riot which is a organization um that's vital in times like these um they've been around since 2015 they help keep truth alive in dire times um they're decentralized educational nonprofit media organization of artists and journalists and if you go to unicornriot.ninja you can give directly on their website um if you just go there for news too i mean they're phenomenal website um you know and they tackle more than what's going on right now but they're dedicated to exposing the root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues so and amplifying those stories so i would definitely say that's one that's worth your time um another one i'm really passionate about because kind of the way that you break protests in some ways you know a lot of times the people who are protesting are the disadvantaged right they don't have a ton of money so one way you can break that up is take them and put them in holding cells and so if they can't bail themselves out they can't get back on the street right um so i would i would also recommend 401's bail fund so if you you know i know we're going to link these things so check out 401's bail fund you can give money there but they also have a link where if you are somebody or know somebody who has been in a holding cell needs to get back out um it wasn't originally created for the protest it was created for um a black man was too poor to make bail um because during the the COVID outbreak but they are using that money as well to help people get back out on the street who are you know may have been um just pursuing their legal right to protest or to show you know um 
you know, the, 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 um, the proper civil disobedience in these times, you, you can go to that website and donate to them. Um, or you can click the form and actually, um, if you have somebody that needs assistance there. And the last one is, um, I think it's really important to also have um, a charity around something that can build something better um, from those ashes. So um, the other way I'd go with checkout is Black Girl Magic. Uh, Black Girl Magic is a website or, or an organization um, that's um, focused around creating a positive, safe space for for um, Black women, um, both Gen Z and Millennials. Um, they're artists. They uh, um, discuss important topics. Listen, encourage. It's a safe space for them. Um, unconditional vulnerability and honest acceptance is one of their tenets. You know. Um, go check that out. There's a lot of ways you can give to Black Girl Magic if you're somebody who can um, host things or if you're somebody that can, that's not necessarily monetarily um, focused. There's a lot of ways you can give to that organization, but they do also co um, collect donations as well. So um, I would check that organization out as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and if you yeah. have any other like comments about other organizations that maybe people should be donating to, you can add that to the comments on the blog post, which we'll be linking in the show notes, because I will add it so that people can access it. Perfect, perfect. I, I mean, perfect is a, is a bad word to say, but it's, it's good that we have this collection of uh, outpouring to really kind of talk about this and, uh, you know, not ignore it. And uh, even on a silly, goofy Riverdale podcast, we will tackle it, so... Now, I do say Silly Goofy Riverdale podcast, but there actually have been quite a few um, instances of the show right now um, in this offseason is pretty much being forced to tackle their treatment of race uh, pretty directly. Uh, Vanessa it's Morgan. It's about time, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, just a brief rundown of the show. Like, we're, we're talking about a show where... Uh, Chuck Clayton, who is the most prominent black man in Archie Comics, uh, was made to be like a rapist and um, a scumbag on a uh, like on the football team, and has never gotten any character treatment. Uh, this is a show where um, they switched actors who played Reggie Mantle. Um, and like one of the only minority characters, they switched him after season one and didn't address it at all. Uh, you think of that, the treatment of the Josie and the Pussycats, uh, the other Pussycats who weren't Josie were given brief moments here and there in the first, I believe three seasons. And then since have completely disappeared and been written off the show basically. And Vanessa Morgan, who plays Tony, um, has talked about how she has been really kind of underserved by the show. Uh, she's the least paid, uh, mainstream actor of the bunch. And, uh, it got to the point where like Riverdale, uh, creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, like legitimately had to go out and apologize basically. Um, you know, they really, really messed up as far as that went and, you know. Yeah. I mean, we complain on the show all the time about how she doesn't get any screen time. Yeah. And to find out like she's not getting the same amount of money and like, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's bad. It's bad. So, you know. Everyone has to be better, including the people of this show. Um, I honestly, right. um, as someone who um, has never seen an episode of the show, um, I assumed she was like leaving and going doing her own thing, like her own show. Like I didn't even know they were just ignoring her. It's really fucking disappointing. No, she's well, just basically so there Josie... to like support um, 
Cheryl, uh, essentially. Cheryl, yeah. Josie, uh, Josie McCoy was the other prominent like black uh, female character, right. and she was went to Katie Keene. So she went to a okay. different show. Okay. But even it. on that show, they brought in another version of the Josie and the Pussycats, which like what? There were two new like she was still the lead, like it was still Josie McCoy, but they they brought in two other actresses to play uh members of the Pussycats. So they like yeah. those original Pussycats really got underserved and it was a it was a big shame. Um, and then also, I mean, in some of the more positive notes, uh, Cole Sprouse, uh, who plays Jughead, who I rip on constantly. I mean, if you listen to the last episode, um, <laughs> I believe I did so much of the mean ripping. Um, he actually got arrested during Black Lives Matter post Black Lives Matter protest in Santa Monica. So he, we love uh, him. Yeah, he's out there. He's fighting the good fight, and he's not afraid to get arrested. And he hasn't made like any giant, big, um, like tweets about it or like Instagram mm. posts about it to like center himself in the conflict. He just is there. He's like, doing he's it just, right. Yeah, he's doing it right. He's not trying to make it about himself. Um, and same with uh, Lily Reinhardt. Lily Reinhardt's been putting up a lot of her time and effort and using the Instagram stories to kind of host a lot of different activists and a lot of different people of color to kind of talk about the situation because um, she's one of those people who recognize that, you know, it's, again, it's not about her and she's bringing people on and bringing other voices on. And I've seen KJ Appa do a few posts as well and it have been, like, good support posts. I haven't seen anything gross. Like, there's been a lot of celebrities who have posted things that you're like, this is gross because you're trying to scent it on yourself or you're trying to, to make, you know, like some that kind video of... that's going around right now that we kind of like alluded to earlier. I yeah. don't know about this. Can you tell me about it in detail? Um, so in black and white, it's a whole bunch of very famous people. So like, oh, it's Aaron, like, like Sarah Paulson, Kristen Bell, Aaron Kristen Paul. Bell. I couldn't really watch beyond those because it was just so cringeworthy. Apparently oh. Stanley Tucci's in it. And it's oh, them Jesus. like looking I love into Tucci. Why? It's the them Tucci looking out. into camera and saying like, we will never be like, uh, like, and like, we take credit for all of the bad things, all of the funny jokes. They're like, we'll never... I take responsibility. Yeah. And just like and, being really gross about it. And it's gross because it's like, it's it's very much like, you should be opening your wallets, not your mouse right now. Like, post the support, then still use your platform for good, not make it about yourself. And it just, it comes off real. Yeah. It real sucks. Funny. There were so many people that I respected that did that. And I'm just like, why? Yeah, I mean, Sarah it's one Paulson. Of those... I was gonna marry her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your wedding. Your wedding is off. Yep. Um, you know She's what else? She's gonna have is... to turn in the wedding video and say, "I take responsibility." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. You know what else is over? This season of Riverdale. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna get into it now. Any? Did I miss anything? Does anyone else want to bring anything up before I start start bringing the subpar? No, no we have a lot to talk on. about. Yeah. Okay. So this episode opens up with Jughead, Betty, and Charles watching some tapes. The same tapes that we've been seeing for a long time. The tapes of murder. This is a recreation of the death of. Sorry, Jason Clifford Blossom. Blossom murdering Jason Blossom. So they're just Not... watching the video. They're just sitting on the, the couch like... Uh, no, 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 no. I believe they're, they're in a dark the office. This they're time. in a dark office. They're leaning on a table because this is like a bad episode of Law & Order. Like, they're, that's what this post is So an is episode like. of Law & Order. 
How dare you, <laughs> sir? <laughs> okay, so then Jughead says a line which I hated, but also loved. I wrote it and down I too. Hated more. This is art imitating death. They say art imitating death. No, no, no. Life, he says, forget this- art imitating life. Here, we had a case of art imitating death. I oh my love God. that line. <laughs> of course, of course it's you do because you wrote it. it. You wrote it. You wrote no, it. No, we know that there's... Jason wrote this because they name drop Gus Van Sant in it. <laughs> oh God! Yes. Okay. So okay. So let's get into this. So they're talking about the voyeur turns himself into an auteur. He no longer is content with just caking in and doing laissez-faire stuff. He wants to be more active and showcase and recreate things that happened in life. But why would he want to pull a Gus Van Sant on this stuff? It's like pretty Jason, much like, you gave yourself away with that line. I did. I did. I overreached. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes and, that cookie jar is just too tempting. Hey, <laughs> it's you know what? It's fine. But you know, Betty, Betty can't stay. Betty's got to go because she needs to finish the yearbook. Of course. Which Jughead says is the most high school thing she's ever said, and it's probably I correct. If I, I just. You know, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the shenanigans in Riverdale. In part, shenanigans. Like, the shit that happens, would you give a flying fuck about any yearbook? Well, I mean... Mr. Honey, <laughs> you canceled it. Mr. Honey cancels the yearbook because yes, we don't give a fuck. That's what I'm talking about, yeah, Mr. They show So Betty shows up super sleep-deprived, and Mr. Honey's like, mm, I'm canceling the yearbook, no yearbook. And then Betty's all like, but I talked to the printers, and they said, I know it's a few days late, but if I, they said that if we get it to them by this afternoon, we'll be able to print it. And I stayed up all night. And then Mr. Honey's like, well, one of the provisions. One of the provisions of you doing the yearbook is making it so I can look at all the pages and approve them. <laughs> but I can approve them in this sort of time, so the yearbook is canceled. I am going to miss the Mr. Honey voice. I am not. I am not. <laughs> you just need to have um, some more hot tea, maybe gargle with salt water. <laughs> A spoonful um, of honey. do you know, milkshakes and most of the litters in the off- season andrew's gonna go have to have vocal surgery he has nodes now yeah he's got nodes scraped off his vocal cords because of mr honey there is <laughs> there is no off, there is no off season don't stop listening <laughs> things will keep coming i'm not stopping they can't stop me they've tried they've we'll be moving tried. on to sabrina they're trying to do a mutiny on me but they can't you can't stop me you can't stop me um, so Jughead receives a mysterious call, but instead of being like a killer or something fun, it's just some person from a university being like, hey, you want to come to the University of Iowa? And uh, Jughead's like, oh my gosh, the University of Iowa, they're great. And then Archie goes, you're a good writer, bro. That's like his own line. He just goes, <laughs> you're a good writer, bro. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Archie. And like the entire scene is like filmed and framed like a sitcom. Like it's it's shot like it's an episode of community almost. Like just like the weird framing and the way that it treats the area that they're in. I'm like, this is just weird. Um, so Jughead needs to write another story and get it pre- presented in so that there's like a little extra kick and then he'll get into the University of Iowa. At this point, I think Veronica offers to pay for the printing of the yearbook, but Betty refuses. And I have to ask, why, Betty? 
Because it's her legacy. It's about ethics. It's about ethics. But she could have solved the problem. Well, she can't solve prom. I mean, even though she probably could put on a better prom. But anyways. Um, Mr. Honey basically uh, has canceled like all of these people everyone from all the main characters from prom and they all hate mr honey they just destroy him verbally and then betty has like a weird tired look on her eyes because she's supposed to be have been up all night and she's doing some good tired acting or maybe it's like real acting and she's hung over and they had to write into the show i don't know but she's doing she looks convincing to me and she goes what if we killed mr honey or we make Mr. Honey think he's going to be killed. And that's when we get the introduction of the alternate story. So there is a main plot line to this episode and an alternate plot line to this episode. What? Where characters... It starts out with Betty kind of outlining the plan to kill Mr. Honey. Or to threaten him and make him scared enough so that Mr. Honey, you know, is going to leave town. Complete with a record scratch when they don't have masks and they realize they have to put masks on. And yes, there's a literal record scratch that happens. So then they're all wearing bunny masks and then they take them to... And Stonewall prep jackets. So they're basically like dressed up as Brett Weston Wallace. Yep. And uh, they definitely won't do this podcast. So fuck them. Um, so they show up, they, they're wearing the bunny masks. Let's be fair, and... you just listened to the podcast, you can't blame him. <laughs> How dare you. So they take him to Fox Forest, is what they say. Is Fox Forest a thing that has always existed? Yeah, it's Britain? where Ronnie's cabin is. Oh. So that one, um, episode where they did the, um, uh, Vughead kiss. <laughs> Gross. Speaking of gross, <laughs> oh god. Okay, okay. This is. I'm just gonna say this. They maple board, Mister Honey. My note here is maple boarding. Oh my fucking god! In all caps. What does that mean? They it's waterboarding use... with maple syrup. What? Yeah, yeah. They waterboard him with maple syrup, <laughs> which apparently Cheryl and Veronica it's very bad to Penelope. <laughs> Like, apparently they put they did that to her mom. What? Like, what the shit? I guess that's how they made her, like, good and wear the and mask. And we see and this. Work. So, we so we it. see it happen. So let me describe this to me. Like, they, they put they put okay. them on a table. No, so it's not technically. Table. Look, it's, look, okay. I'm glad they didn't show somebody how to actually waterbird someone. As some, <laughs> I, I'm, I know enough to know that they don't accurately showcase waterboarding. Uh, but it's mostly like there is, like, uh, he's got some stuff on his face and they're just pouring maple all over him. And you're just like. Oh, so this is just pouring maple syrup in his mouth. In his face and in his mouth. Uh, over his head, bleh, basically. He has, like a, like, a hood on his head. Yeah, and he's all going, like, bleh, bleh, bleh. But they say maple so, boarding. Like, they call it that. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. So they're going to they're be like, yeah, and then we'll scare him into leaving. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. But then Reggie's like, well, what if we do an epic prank instead, bro? Why, why, why the maple? Like, can we just break down the maple boarding? Like, I get there's a lot of maple syrup because that's what they do, but it's still not more prevalent than water. Like, why are you switching to maple syrup? And I can't imagine it's more effective. Maybe waterboarding so, was copyrighted. 
What? US yeah, copyright. Yeah, Dick Cheney has a fucking. Dick, <laughs> Dick Cheney wouldn't let him use it. Before we get on to the uh, other prank, though, I believe we have a Riverdale Masterpiece Theater for the uh, prom discussion beforehand. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. Please prepare yourself for another edition of Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. So, literally, the only people going to prom are... You want to go to prom with me, Jug? Oh, I'd be honored. But I'm not putting out. Let the fan fiction begin. Because everyone else had been uh, banned from prom for various things, like singing Cherry Bomb at people, Mm -hmm. or... What were the other things that they did? I can't remember. Ticklegate. Ticklegate, that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they call it, by the way. Really they call it Ticklegate. And then we also get a uh, reference to the quiz show episode as well. We do you do. remember the quiz show, Jason? I do. Good times. Sure do. Good times. Who could, who could forget? The best of times, forget? really. It was, mm-hmm. much, it, was, it was a better time. Um, the best of times. I really am disturbed at any time anyone calls Jughead Jug. Like, it's just too much for me. Like, I can't. Do How do you it. feel about Juggy? Juggy's even worse. Jug is bad. Juggy's worse. And also, they think the fan fiction's beginning now. Yeah, because I thought that was a clever little reference. It's a fine reference, but it's surely been going on for about forty years at this point. A thousand percent. (laughs) You know, it's just a weird way to put that. Let it begin. So, so this is where I believe, and I thought that we were getting an anthology episode where they would all sit around and be like, "Well, this is how I would deal with Mister Honey," and they'd all go around. That Riverdale has not done that yet. Like that seems like a natural thing Riverdale would do, right? Um, yeah. I mean, they might have to going forward. They, they, in the coronavirus time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still pushing for animated episodes of Riverdale. I'm still really. Oh God! I mean, I bet you, like, if they were smart, they probably could do one that's like a '50s, like throwback, like filmation, because like that was really easy animation. Like, it would not be hard to do, and I bet you they could totally do it. No, but Valeska's 100% right. It's gonna be like anthology shit, and you could totally do that for an entire season, right? Oh, fuck don't, you could don't, do that I for hope not. Season All right, anyways, like, it's not a fucking. Stories. I'm not letting you finish this because I don't want it into reality. You're not yeah, fucking so writing that. We get a flashback. We get a flashback to uh, Reggie's car being TP'd by uh, Principal Honey, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Well, was, yeah, exactly. So the epic prank he wants to do to Mr. Honey. It's pretty is to good. Glue him to his chair and then glue his hand to his phone. That's assault, brother. <laughs> and it is. And it actually happens. So they actually glued him, and he left out, and he walked out. Um, and this leads to Betty having her little waking up, <laughs> having her little waking up face. You know, what? like like most, what like, like most humans do, you know, they, they wake up, at, up and they face. go, oh, they stretch, and they go, oh, what are, what are you doing, partner of mine? So to be clear, this is not actually happening, right? That's- no, no, that, that did. actually did happen. Um, yeah. So she actually wakes up because we cut to a scene where she is lying in bed and Jughead is uh, typing away at his little computer and she finds out that he is writing a short story. What do you think the short story is called, Jason? What's it called? What title do you think he's given this uh, 
creative work. <laughs> Juggies Wild Times. <laughs> it's called Killing Mr. Honey. Oh, of course it is. And it's going to be amazing evidence against them when Mr. Honey ends up murdered at the, at the end of this episode. That yes. <sighs> For the genius uh, criminologist that, you know, um, you know, investigation um, uh, powers that Jughead claims to have, this is not Despite favorite. not going to Junior FBI Academy. Anyways, Jughead writes it like it's a Coen Brothers movie. Like, all of Jughead's, like, way of writing this case is, like, he totally thinks he's in a fucking Coen Brothers movie. (laughs) Mr. Honey's Anton Sugar? (laughs) No, no. Mr. Honey's, like, tied up and manipulating them all, but it's, like, all in, like, really dumb, like, Oh, we lost his glasses. Oh, we gotta see. I know who you guys are. Whoa. He knows who we are. And he's like, I didn't know who you were, but I tricked you into revealing yourselves, dumb shits. And then that's when Archie says a line that Archie well, would was never any of that say. Coen Brothers. Okay, no, well, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not Coen Brothers. Shut up, shut up. Fuck you. This is my podcast. Um, Archie says he played you like a cheap violin uh, to so Reggie. Gross. That's not a line Archie would say. Because uh, uh, Principal or... Honey tricks Reggie into them all taking off their uh, stupid bunny masks. Holy shit. Yeah. So then Reggie goes, punchy punch. I'm a punch you. I'm a punch too. Ba, 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 then they all take turns uh, keeping an eye on him, and Cheryl goes first, and we have another Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. Keep them coming, baby. Yeah. There you go. That's a transition. Bam. One of you found him? My glasses? TBH? I don't know. It's not too late, Miss Blossom. You can make this right. We are making it right. That kidnapping me? How do you get this hands? Betty and Jughead have a plan. Oh, well, I've never taken you to be a follower. Yes, well, you've given us something we've never had before. A common enemy. You were cruel to me, Mr. Honey. You barred me and all of my vixens from prom. You locked Miss Appleyard in her office. She had a panic attack and quit. What was I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do now? Hmm. Agree to make a video giving us permission to go to prom and promising that you won't punish us for this or anything ever again. Might I suggest an alternative, Miss Blossom? Release me. Call the police. Tell them it was... It was a school prank that went horribly awry. You'll be punished, of course. But at least your lives won't be ruined. So, you won't make that video, then? Absolutely not! Fine. Then it's your funeral, Mr. Honey. So I wrote in my note that, like, Betty is just, like, a legit weird-ass serial killer in this entire episode so far. She's just, I kind of like it. You know how yeah, I feel I was, about evil women. I was I was about to say, like, this is the most like Valeska Betty has ever been. Um, so. Wow! <laughs> that took a turn. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're done with that flashback, and we go back to real-world 
of Riverdale, which is fake. And there's another tape, and the tape is recreating the Midge death from Carrie the Musical. R.I.P. Midge. Sorry, Midge. Rest in peace, Midge. We love you, Midge. (laughs) Then, you know, Mr. Honey, like, goes on the big old speaker system, the PA, as it's called. I don't know. Whatever it's called in high schools. Is it still called the PA? It's a PA. Oh, can I give uh, Cheryl's line right before he uh, goes on the PA? Sure. Brace yourselves, bitches. I just saw our most hated foe, the Malefactor Honey, entering his office. The Malefactor Honey. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mr. Honey is basically like, I was horribly pranked by you students, and I cannot believe the injustices you have put upon dear old me. As such, my ectoplasm will use its evil ways to catch your prom. Unless the reveal happens as to who does your hang Who do you think uh, did the prank, Jason? Who did the prank? We told you the one person, it was Reggie, but who helped him? He had two little helpers. mm, He had two helpers. Two helpers. Are they members of the original OG crew? Yes. I'm going to say Betty. Who's the other one? Oh, is Betty right? Nope. No. Oh. (laughs) Cheryl? Nope. No. Archie? Yes. Archie's one. What? What? Archie and Jughead? Archie and Kevin, bro. Kevin. Kevin, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jughead's too busy writing the story. Actually. Yeah, Jughead's like, well, I have things to write. But, like, you know, they were both like, hey, we weren't going to get kicked out of, like, prom wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to get to go to prom anyways. And then and Cheryl like, says that they were going to, like, crash it, but now there's nothing to crash. But, I mean, they have a club. Get Veronica to pay for the yearbook. Get her to host the prom problem solved you don't have to kill anyone it's fine anyways in the version of the story we find out that they get back to the like uh archie and veronica enter the cabin and find mr honey dead dun, dun, dun. and they're all like well we're going to college so we gotta hide this body who, who among us who among us hasn't hidden a body and then Reggie's like, well, I haven't hit a body. And then he's like, wait a minute. I'm the only one who hasn't hit a body amongst you people. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, we've, we've hit plenty of bodies. So it's like, yeah, what Yeah, that's kind of a cute meta joke about how ridiculous the show is, though. Yes, right? but then we get some serious shit. And that uh-huh. is a reveal that Mr. Honey hates the prom and has always hated the prom. At every school he's ever been to, he has canceled prom he is truly the most terrible villain the gang has ever encountered okay actually jason say your joke and i bet you it's going to be the joke the show uses mr honey's an incel no he's the grinch (laughs) that stole prom i don't know why fuck up why do you think i would make that joke i would just assume that you were (laughs) it was going to be like mr like a flashback to mr honey just getting rejected and going on fucking 4chan and Taking the red pill and fucking oh, please, th- Jordan Peterson a- talks. And then oh, just, God. You know, fucking just- Lobster Boy. We don't bring him up on this podcast. Uh, anyway, so, so they that decide the gang does, that their secret... What do you think that the gang does when they discover this horrible secret? How do they decide to deal with this? Uh, I would I would have 
be like, hey, let's roll out the biggest prom of all time then in Mr. Honey's honor. No, they go tattle to their parents. Tattle Mom, but mom, big man, I want to go to prom. You gotta get me heavy go prom. And they're like, fine. So all the parents show up and, you know, bitch at but The moms walk down the um, high school hallway in slow motion like they're in <sighs> Jawbreaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. That sure does happen. And again, I'm struck with this amazing this revelation that Tony is just not in this episode. Like not at Tony? all. She's, she's not mentioned in this one at all. time. She's mentioned, but that's it. Tony's like I'm not sure in this I was episode. taking Tony to prom. If you don't have a prom episode, you have to have Tony, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm even Nana happen. Rose shows up. So Nana Rose and Cheryl are both there. So who's watching Juniper and Dagwood? Is that where Tony is? <sighs> Who cares about those babies? They're not incel. Like, sorry, they're not incest babies. They can't fly anymore. I don't care about those babies. I mean, they're still I'm incest mad. babies. All right, fine. They're, they're still incest babies, incest but babies. they'll always be incest babies in our hearts. They'll be incest toddlers and then incest. <laughs> Just oh, be incest. Oh, people. good. There is some choice lines in this uh, this confrontation. Um, like Hiram going like, yeah, I'm just going to use my entire memorial power to, you know, fucking screw you over and get you kicked out of schools and stuff. Mary get Andrews your banned. brags about being a really good attorney. Alice brings Cooper. Up a previous, brings up a previous court case. Murray et al. versus the Greendale School District. Is that is that something to do with Sabrina? I thought she said Riverdale. I thought she no, said Greendale. Riverdale School Justice. Oh, well. Because hmm, I looked it up. I, I Googled that case. <laughs> I, was it a real case? No. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to investigate it. this. I'm going to like prepare a speech. But no. You really jugheaded the shit out of that. Yeah. No, no, no. How she dare you? Bedded the shit. She bedded the shit out of that. Oh, okay. Junior FBI did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't say well, otherwise. Jughead does investigations. Let's not. You know. Yeah, but we're not gonna call Valeska Jughead, or she'll fucking murder us. So be on a good side. <laughs> All right. So we, Alice, we, uh, we, uh, we can to... unmute. Oh, sorry. I was gonna make a joke that we can unmute Valeska now because she didn't hear that. Oh, I Anyways, heard everything. My jokes are bad. You didn't PTA, I'm making they, a list. The, <laughs> Chin checking it twice. Gonna find Andrew, out who's on the PTA. Veteran of podcasts for years and years and years. Muting doesn't stop you from being able to hear. <laughs> Anyways, the PTA goes to vote because they're on the PTA and apparently they can vote. And my only note is fucking this is dumb. Anyways, so this is when um, the line that actually opened up the episode comes in because um, Jughead and Betty are, like, talking about, like, yeah, we got him. We got that stupid bitch. We're going to have prom after all. Our parents are great. And then uh, Cheryl comes in, and Cheryl's all, like, hobo, bride of hobo. The line. Love that. that. opened this episode. It was a great episode. And they have a big old prom party. Mm-hmm. Now we're going back to the book. That Jughead. There's like an exchange between Reggie and Jughead that I love. I think that you probably wrote it down as well. What is it? Maybe that not. he can't deal with the murder? How deep does this no? grave have what? to be? Jughead oh, replies, deep. deep. It's, Riverdale. it's Riverdale. Yeah, okay. I wondered what that line was. I wrote that line. I was like, what does that mean? Deep? It's Riverdale? Like, I forget what that meant. Um, but yeah, so Reggie basically is like breaking down in the fictional version of 
their murder story and he just can't take it the pressure because you know he's the only one of them who hasn't murdered anyone pretty much mm-hmm. um and uh newbie you know, yeah, amateur bush league bush league um and they found mr honey's glasses in the woods so now everyone suspects that it was the adventure scouts found them the adventure scouts Yes, the Adventure Scouts, <laughs> who have been around for quite some time. I hate the Adventure Scouts. But we I haven't heard about like, them in, like, three seasons. I thought they went primal. Like, the last time we saw them, they literally <laughs> were, like, living in the woods, like, they fashioning They probably out, still like, are. That's how they found the glasses. They were out they foraging for berries. They stick in front of a cave. <laughs> so they were hunting some still rabbits. just, like, roaming around in the woods with no one to watch them. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> But guess what? Something else happens in the real world that's even more nefarious. Another tape has shown up at Riverdale High. Mm. And it just shows the school. It's just someone doing a tour of the school. Someone's watching the school. For hours. Someone walks around the school and records it for hours. That's just Mr. Honey. That's what he does. Well, it is. So Mr. Honey uses it. <laughs> Literally, Mr. Honey is using it and making a fake version of the like the tapes in order to cancel, cancel prom. prom. So this motherfucker wants to cancel prom <laughs> so fucking bad. Why? He spent like four hours. Get, you, I'm not. I will tell you this in a second, and it will make me mad. But we're not getting there yet. You sound mad so, already. I'm always mad. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, like, he, Mr. Honey fakes one of the tapes in order to cancel prom. But, but what's the, what's the, so the tape of, the, it's a, okay, so. Okay, so the tape. tape is unrelated to the other tapes. It's an attempt to use the existing yes. tapes scenario to also cancel prom, right? It's not yes. like and he might yes. have gotten okay. away with it if he hadn't filmed his reflection in a pane of glass. <laughs> well, he might have gotten away from with it if Betty hadn't got lo mein. I just noted that. I was like, oh, so, okay. Betty got some Chinese okay. food. She got some lo mein. So Mr. Honey saw... Th- Did we know Mr. Honey knew about these tapes before? I guess I don't remember... Well, I mean, everyone's getting them, so... Well, one, and also, Mr. Honey has been buying snuff tapes, we find oh, out. We right. found out at the I end of last episode. I forgot about that. Which, yes. the, that I, think the sh- I think the show also forgot about it, because it makes no fucking sense <laughs> when we get to the end of this episode. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So um, fucking Mr. Honey just rented a fucking snuff tape and taped over it. To, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> so it just cuts out into the snuff tape. Yeah, exactly. It was probably like Ponytail Playmate, and he like <laughs> taped over it. Um, which was the actual was that that was the actual title, right, Valeska? Yes. Yes. It yes. was. Ponytail yes. Playmates. Ponytail Playmate. I also want to note that when Mr. Honey brings the FBI in, he like plays the TV. He like he plays a v- VHS on the on a TV that is legit from like the fifties. It is a fifties really janky TV, and I'm like, what the shit is this? No one has this. What the fuck is this? I'm so mad. Anyways, we go back to the world of the bizarre mind of Jughead where Reggie is making weird threats and just going weird. He's getting real aggro. No, he's People, full uh, of like guilt. He's freaking out. 
Yeah, because he's he, yeah, so he's he's going aggro because he's so guilty. So like, there's like jocks who are in the like the changing room. I think that's what it's called. The change room. The, the locker, locker room. room. There you go. I played. <laughs> he's sports. played sports. <laughs> I played the sports. I'm a hip hopping, floor jamming bro. Uh, anyways, uh, they're like, these two dudes are just like, yo, man, Mr. Honey, he was whack anyways. Fuck him. And then, um, Reggie's like, he's like almost spilling the beans. He's almost spilling the beans. And then Archie like does his like little like slam you against the lockers and be like, yo, bro, what do you think you're doing? He's being so obvious about trying to shut Reggie up. If I were one of the bulldogs, I'd be like. Interesting. I'd be taking notes. Reggie Mantle, stop spreading about how we're trying to do a murder. (laughs) Stop telling people about the murder we committed against Mr. Honey. Everybody, he is trying to tell us about a murder that he did to a person named Mr. Honey. There's a split diopter shot. That would have been amazing if they actually did that and the other ones were like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, okay, I would have killed them. They just high five them both. It's it's Riverdale, baby. Like, what do you do? Prom now, baby! (laughs) Forget it, Reggie. It's Riverdale. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah. When they confront Mr. Honey, Mr. Honey says he's been trying to protect you, but trying to protect everyone. Trying to protect them, trying to, like, get them ready for the real world. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Which brings us back to the world of wonders. Where. Guess who's dead, Jason? Yeah, guess who's dead. Guess who dead? What do you mean, beyond Mr. Honey? Yeah, beyond Mr. Honey. This is in that weird, fucked up mind of Jughead. Oh. No, you killed the weak one. (laughs) Who's dead? (laughs) Betty. Nope. No. It's Reggie. It's oh. Reggie. Oh, Reggie well, Mantle has died in a car accident. Oh, Which leads us to our next edition of Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> it's not right. Reggie didn't deserve that. <laughs> of course he didn't deserve it, Cheryl. You need to get a hold of yourself. Do you understand me? It's really sad, tragic even, what happened to Reggie. But he was out of control. He couldn't handle himself when Mr. Honey died. Died? Are you serious? Jughead's right, Cheryl. Reggie was spiraling. He he was drinking. Tell her, Arch. Yeah, if I hadn't been in the locker room that time, I don't know what he would have said. Jughead is Edgar as fuck, and they cut Reggie's break so he would die. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. They have a discussion about how they're actually all monsters. They're like, what if we are all monsters? We're all monsters. We're the enemies. We're the bad people in this story. And I just wrote, Jughead, you're a terrible writer. You're just like bashing the theme of the book in our heads. Like... But what if we're the villains, not Mr. Honey? We're the villains! We're the villains! I mean, we can actually do that line. Um, Veronica says, My God, I knew Betty and Jughead had a dark streak, but when did you become such a monster, Archiekins? And Jughead goes, Come on, 
Don't kid yourself, Veronica. In this town, we're all monsters. We've always been monsters. And that includes you, too. The question is, are we going to be monsters in college or in jail? Okay. I'm pretty sure if they go to jail, they're not going to be the monsters. <laughs> just saying. Well, Archie might be. Well, yeah, Archie's just going to punch and lift weights and punch the fucking fence. He would thrive behind bars. <laughs> he did thrive behind bars. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was in jail. <laughs> but Jughead is not. Jughead is not going to thrive in jail. Oh, no. Jughead Jughead's going to die in a shower. Yes, immediately. He's going to be like, hey, guys, um, hey, let's I'm... talk about Fellini. And they're going to be like, fuck you. <laughs> hey, man, they, maybe they like Fellini. They could be classy criminals. <laughs> you never know. After three minutes, somebody's going to stab Jughead to shut him up. Anyways, Mr. Honey gets fired. And then Mr. Honey's leaving with all of his stuff. And he's like, man, you guys think you're so cool, but I'm doing fine. It's actually good that I got fired. And they're all like, whatever, man. We're the heroes, and you're a dumb villain. He lined up a job days before he got fired. He has his salary tripled. Where does he work now, Jason? Pops. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) He should have worked at Pops. That would have been amazing. (laughs) No, he is going to Stonewall Prep as their new headmaster. That makes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we get to the point that I fucking hate. The dumbest scene. I'm going to say the dumbest scene in Riverdale history. No This may be the scene that I hate the most. Okay, I believe that. The dumbest scene? I'm not prepared for this. You probably are prepared for it, and you'll be like, oh, that's dumb. You probably wrote it. You probably, yeah, well, well, of course you fucking wrote it, because I said, I've said it was like... Because the show kicks us in the teeth at this point for mocking Mr. Honey, so this is obviously written in reaction to us. You're being real Reggie's about this secret, okay? Okay, look. Are you going to cut our break lines? Miss Yes. Oh no, my podcasting cords have been cut. How will I ever talk about Riverdale now? My podcasting cord, like there's just one cord running through the internet that just leaves. That just is podcasting on it. How dare you? The podcast Uh, pipeline has been cut. So do you remember Miss Bell? Do you remember Miss Bell? I do not. No one really remembers Miss Bell. She's a receptionist. Okay, okay, okay. They have not done anything with this character until now. Mm -hmm. Which makes this scene really just insulting to her character. So she shows up. All the gang are hanging out in their one location because it's quarantine, baby, and they can't leave. Um, and she shows up and she goes, Do you know what we just lost? We lost the best damn principal this school has ever seen. Oh, fuck you. You have no idea everything that he has done for this school. I've lived through five... I think, oh, is it five or eight? Anyways, I've lived through a shit ton of... <laughs> Briar principles. <laughs> and, Mr. principles. And Mr. Honey was the best one of all. Mr. He cared. He's a shit. He cared <laughs> no. He cared so much about you kids. Oh, Here's some God. things that happened when Mr. Honey was in charge. He sent kids who from lower class schools. No, he arranged here. for six low-income Riverdale high students to go to college on full scholarships. And he oh. raised the average GPA at Riverdale High higher than it's been in decades. And more seniors are going to college than have been since 1956. Oh, and no students have died under his watch. 
And then she gives Jughead a letter, and she was Real like, high bar, there, And she and she was like, <laughs> "Well, Jughead, I was meant to mail this letter on behalf of Mister Honey, but I don't think I will. I'm going to give you this letter, and you can read it and find out what a great error you have made, for you have ruined." All of the goodness that was ever in this school. For he was the hero of us all. I am Mr. Honey. And then everyone, all the faculty just goes, I am Mr. Honey. No, I am Mr. Honey. Do that. I wish they did. My captain, my captain. Mr. Honey, I love you. Come back. That did not happen. Are we just going to forget the fact that he's a homophobe, though? Honey, come on. What? Well, that's why she loves him. Oh yeah. That's what they're so God excited about. God damn it, Miss Bell. Miss Bell is a she's a real JK Rowling, mm-hmm. right? Oh. She love, you know, she's she's just a piece of garbage. You could tell. So <laughs> I I haven't seen it, but I know. Look, I, I, I've had I, the only she, teacher I've ever hated was named Miss Bell. So there you go. if you're That's, listening, fuck you. Th- I um, knew that. That's why I wrote that character with that name. If you want to hear yeah, more about that, check out uh, two episodes back when Andrew gives us that anecdote. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and I also jokingly said that this was going to be the ending for Mr. Honey. Uh, I think I literally said that about three times. It's like, oh, they're going to pull that stupid move where he's actually been the hero the whole time. But they did it in the... Oh, so I made this into the world, even though the episode had aired when we recorded that. I The fabric of the universe changed that episode. <laughs> And brought it out just to no, punish No, Jason me. just wrote it after you said that. He's like, I'm going to fuck with him. And <laughs> then know, he did. I went back in time and wrote that episode after learning that information. Yeah, so I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. I was wrong about no, Mr. Honey. No, you weren't wrong. No, because no, what was he doing wrong. getting all those snuff tapes? What episode ago? What the fuck? Are we supposed to just think this guy's a good dude when he was legitimately buying snuff tapes? And he showed up at Blue Velvet Video and the guy was like, What's up, Mr. Honey? It's me, not David Lynch. And he's like, Hey, hey where are all your uh, explicit pornography and murder tapes? What happened to them? Where are all my goods? My ectoplasm needs it to replenish. <laughs> and then he, um, you know, oh my God. at that scene. I... No, he is not the hero. Like, just because a bunch of other people say he's the hero doesn't mean he's actually a good person. That's well, true. I think well, that we well, should all well. have learned that from, you know, the last couple of years. Right. Well, right. guys, Thank guys. You. you know what? I he believe wrote. Betty. That, yep. Hashtag yeah. I believe Betty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems like a bit of a tone to that. I just start right now, so I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, um, <laughs> No, I mean, like, the listen, letter, this though, dude is guys. a homophobe. The letter, He's... the letter, guys. I don't give a fuck about the letter. The letter he... says <laughs> that he... Jughead is the greatest person ever. Maybe he just had a crush on Jughead. Doesn't make him right. Right. any better it's about the other things good. he's done. Maybe he's, he's just talking about wrong. my sweet-ass cat. That's what he's, he's just about. wrong. No, he well, he's yeah, he's objective. Let's remember now. what he did to Kevin. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. a horrible human being. He's just because some fucking other lady stands up and is like, "I he's a She great probably guy. wrote that letter. Yeah, she wrote it to cover up for because she was probably having you know a white nationalist affair with fucking Mister Honey. <laughs> a thousand percent. 
How dare you? How dare you come on this podcast and defend me, the true hero of the people, John mm-hmm. F. Honey? John F. Honey. Quiet turn. John, the, John F. Honey fucking has on Joe Rogan like a week and a half. His name is Holden. Happens. Holden like Honey? Yeah. Holden that honey. Mm-hmm. And me and my ectoplasm. Um, so, he turned yeah. to the camera right after filming the fucking thing. He was like, subscribe to PewDiePie. That's like, like <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's probably what happened. He just like looked into it and he's like, Elon Musk was a true hero. Um, anyway, so we're like, oh, wow. So it turns out Mr. Honey is apparently not evil despite all the terrible shit he's done. Wow. Okay, show. Fuck off. So why, why, again, why did he want to shut down the prom? We don't know. Like we don't know. So, we, so, so we, you maybe Mr. Honey was literally, is literally a Stephen King character that just has survived like 15 murder proms. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, you don't, you can't just be like, you can't have the turn of him being like a secretly good person without tying those loose ends together. You know what I mean? But like, he wrote, but he wrote, off. he wrote to the University of Iowa saying that Jackhead was good. No, Miss Bell wrote that. Yes. That's canon now. Well, she just got. She was just trying to get rid of Jughead so he doesn't look into it too much. She was the secret mastermind behind everything. She's the Donna. She's the Donna, and Mr. Honey is a Brett Weston Wallace. Yep. Boom. We solved it. Ah, uh, yeah, it's been solved. So this <laughs> makes Jughead go, "Oh, I better change my story." So now Mr. Honey survives. Lol, lol, lol. And which doesn't make a difference fine. in anything. Yep, everything is fine because I, in my story, I wrote that Mr. Honey no should live. No one's gonna read it. <laughs> Mr. Honey, All the Mr. people Honey on lives. the Slash Fiction fucking website that I'm gonna post this to will not hate Mr. Honey. It was now. going to the Iowa Iowans, and um, uh-huh. as long as he added a few corn references in there, it would hit hard. Okay. Uh-huh. Iowa this corn. is not the ev- end of the episode, though. We have oh, yeah, it's not because all of a sudden, surprise jelly bean appearance. It's jelly bean. She's just like, yo, hey, here's a mystery tape. And they go, oh, whoa, a tape. She's like, yeah, I found it. Can I watch it? And they're like, get the fuck out of here, jelly bean. They're like, wow, okay. <laughs> jelly bean gets like, no respect. <laughs> jelly bean gets no respect. She's the Rodney Dangerfield of this episode and this show. Uh, no respect. No respect. They get a murder tape and they won't show it to me. No respect. No respect. Um, So on this murder tape is a murder cabin because someone got murdered there. Who got murdered there? It was that guy who was a sheriff briefly and then was murdered by Veronica's mom. And I was like, all right, Veronica's mom is also a murderer. I forgot about that. Lol, that's fun. Anyway, so they go to the cabin. And, like, the cabin's, like, in disrepair. And I'm like, weren't they, like, fucking there, like, maybe a year ago? I guess it's just seen better times. And there's like a gross. Well, he's been a bitch for all of us. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. That poor, poor murder cabin. Um, <laughs> they put up like a, a dirty old sheet is meant to be, you know, the makeshift projector screen. And as somebody who works in AV, I don't think it would work too well. There are a lot of stains on that device. There's a lot of stains. Spoiler on alert, they're all blood stains. Oh, no, no, they're we not. Don't know that. <laughs> we, we don't know I, that. I, my guess is a couple of them aren't blood stains. Exactly. Some of those are pop stains because they eat pops. <laughs> That's what I call them. Um, so anyways, um, the projector is meant to 
project something, but it doesn't have film in it. But there is a TV and an old VCR. Apparently, this cabin has power. That's interesting. They press play. Honey, Mr. Honey is murdered on a tape by people in masks. But we don't know if it's actually Mr. Honey, although it's likely Mr. Honey. But if it is Mr. Honey, it's literally Mr. Honey in a Mr. Honey mask wearing a... <laughs> it's wearing like the retro-inspired a, uh, comic masks again. Yeah, they've made all the masks. Like, it's masks of all of the people who are in the story written about the death of Mr. Honey. So uh-huh. there's a lot of layers. Uh-huh. So far as we know, onion. only Jughead and Betty have read the story. Yeah. So as far as we know, and like I said, Betty was being mighty serial killer. It's not Jughead or Betty. Well, what if it's Betty's friend, Polly? What if it's Polly? How would it be Polly? I think it's Jellybean. Polly's got a... You think Jellybean's like breaking in and like reading the story? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Oh, by the way, do you want to know what the headmaster at the University of Iowa is named? Uh, no, but you're gonna tell me anyway. Who's who's the like who is the if you were to make a joke about like the also ran horror writer of like of the nineties, who would you who would you call it? Mr. Koontz? Yes, he's headmaster Koontz. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> You're not as good as Stephen King, apparently. <laughs> uh um, yeah, so they watch the murder happen, and then the episode ends, and I'm like, well, um, I guess we gotta wait a year to figure out what was, what's gonna happen here. I really hope we find out. I hope we don't. Like, I hope, I, I hope the next episode is just like, <laughs> yes, we are back in June, you're high, again, and we are definitely not adults, and then they just go back to things as normal. Nope, next season's gonna be like college, the college years. But they're all going oh, to God. different I colleges, apparently. Although, like, they're all going to different colleges, which will, like, somehow all end up being the same. Like, the last episode of this season will just, like, <laughs> the one that didn't get released was just like, Hey, wow, we all got accepted to Super Mega Jarvard, the Jughead version of Harvard or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> the inventor of Jingle Jangle lives here. Or like Hiram will have uh, will be like I'm turning this for-profit prison into a for-profit educational reformatory. The Hiram school. Technical Institute. The Hiram <laughs> Technical Institute, and then you'll like look at all H-T-I. the people at the thing. Yep, H T I. What's the difference? We're both stealing from the economy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the end of season four of Riverdale. What a season it's been. What a season. There's a few there's a few things that I'm a little worried about. Uh first off, um we may have seen the last of Skeet Ulrich and Mary Sill Nichols because they weren't supposed to return for season five, but I don't know if they were still contracted to finish out episodes. Like I don't know how contracts would work right now due to coronavirus fucking everything mm. up. So we may have seen the last of them. Like and that the last you of them have being to have a better ending for them. Like you, you have to have we an do, you do, but not if they don't want to. Because I bet you they're written off not because uh, they wanted to write them off the show. Uh, probably because they were like, yeah, we're done with this dumb, this dumb Why? shit. What is Ski Ulrich gonna do? He's gonna. He's. I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's gonna if be. You pay him enough to come back for one episode to wrap shit up. He'd come back. You just gotta. You know. You don't you know do it. You don't know Skeet Ulrich. 
You've you never met Skeet I Ulrich. Know. Excuse me. I write for it. <laughs> I know Skeet. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we going to have a um, season wrap-up episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, I guess we can talk about what the, we think the possibilities for that will be. I mean, you're not going to be um, on that, so you can talk. Oh, thanks. <laughs> We're going to have some people who have I'll... seen the season. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... <laughs> You've been along with us every step of this journey already. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Yeah, so, and and much like Skeet Ulrich, uh, you're not going to get a satisfying end of my ending. Milkshakes and mimosas, and I will not be returning. This podcast would be lesser without you. Oh, truly, you. truly, truly. What would we do Listen. without your comparisons to Iraq? Look, <laughs> much like Mr. Honey's freaking, um, you know, um, whatever secretary, you're both full of shit. Wow, uh, this has been this episode's only been an hour so long so far. It feels. I can like stretch fun. out the slam book if you want. Well, I can. I do a um, reading from Rotten Tomatoes from this season. Oh, of course you can do that. But uh, first, let's get this slam book out. Come let's on and it. jam, and welcome to the slam. Best book. name, Headmaster Koontz. Best dress, I'm actually gonna give it to Mr. Honey. I liked his sweater vest this episode. Mm. Thank Worst dressed is actually going to be Betty because she had that weird pink top with like the super long pointed collar. It was just very aggressive. Didn't like it. Least sociopathic, Reggie Mantle, which was a nice surprise. Biggest eavesdropper, Miss Bell. Most useless enforcer, Nana Rose. Hey. She hey. was the only parent that didn't have like a viable threat. She mean mugged him. She mean She can't him. help that. That's her face. Well, you know, when you have resting Nana Rose face, you gotta put it to good use. I guess that's true. I'm, not, I'm gonna tell someone they have a resting Nana Rose face next time. I wanna see what they say to me. Andrew Roebuck has been cancelled this week after telling somebody <laughs> they have resting Nana Rose face. I'm gonna give this 600,000 river punches, though. Mm. It was wow. a fun episode. Didn't um, care for the last, like, four minutes of it, but... I'm going to give this, like, four river punches. I did not like this episode. And I think that this is, like, a, a pretty... Like, this is... For real, this is a bad season of Riverdale. I think there's a lot... I, I had... It was great for podcasting about Riverdale, but when you look at it like an actual show, this is a bad, bad season. There was, like, no... Like, there's no through line. There was, like, a whole bunch of lack of focus... They brought in a whole bunch of disparate elements and could not satisfyingly pay off any of them. Um, the Edgar Evernever episode is still the best thing to ever happen in the history of the show. So, like, this well, is that and the incest while. babies, or no, sorry, the cannibal fetuses. Cannibal fetus and rocket ship. Come on, the rocket ship was good. I, you know, the fe- uh, t- take it or leave it for the fetuses. Wow. <clears throat> Look, That's you guys love the fetuses, not me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, just based on what you, how you guys described this to me, it's um, really nonsensical and stupid, um, ridiculous, a um, lot of fun stuff happened. Everything a Riverdale episode should be. I'm going to say this is like 150,000 River Munches. Cool. Cool. Uh, cool. Give us a review. <clears throat> oh, great. Dated May 26, 2020. Buckle up. This is a long one. Rated 9 out of 10. 
or 95 out of 100. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm being serious. Spoilers! What should have happened? It does or doesn't show the trigger words that make people go crazy. It doesn't show any scenes for Jughead's deaths until it happens. Maybe only one or two. Then, during the episode, it happens. It only shows Betty going in the woods with that one girl talking. It doesn't show her talking about the trigger word. Then, it cuts to Betty looking angry, evil, and pissed at Jughead, and, quote-unquote, kills him. It shows V and Archie showing up and shows more scenes of Betty telling them how to hide the bodies and such. It doesn't show her half-brother helping and skips those parts, and he never tells them what to do when it shows him helping in later episodes. Throughout the next few episodes, it has the audience believing Betty went full dark and killed Jughead, and that she's trying to have her friends stay quiet about it, with creepy possible threats. Out of context, like, like a couple they did. And such. Then, when they finally show Jughead alive and go through how it happened and all that, it shows basically the same stuff except that the girl tries to use the trigger word to make Betty kill Jughead, but it doesn't work. And the plan was to let the Stonies think it worked as they watch her kill them. She knows they're watching. <laughs> and thinks they might be watching in secret throughout the other episodes, which is why they do acting and stuff too. But it doesn't show her explaining this until after we find out he's alive. And the whole scam was to prove they were trying to get Betty to do this, as well as take them all down for the missing four. I think this should have brought more attention to Betty's dark side, and if she's pretending in scenes before and after. When did she go full dark? Did she go full dark? Make the audience fully believe in Jughead's death, and so on. It would have been better. I mean, do it better and cleaner than how I have said it here, but yeah. But also what took a bit away from the show for me was the feeling. It felt almost as if it were a whole different show. It has a weird dreary feeling that I've never felt before, which it, which it was good and bad at places. This was with the tone, story, choices of the story, and character choices. Like Betty and Archie cheating and not telling V and Jughead. That was definitely out of place and almost forced. If they were going to do the whole Jughead death better, like my idea possibly, and either left out the cheating or did that arc better, this could have been my favorite season. Also, also, I want to see Betty go fully dark at least once! Exclamation point. Do acting. Written. Written, <laughs> written by Valesk. No, Carrie W. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I would not have used Carrie. and such so many times. <laughs> such but you you know i figured you were just trying to hide who you were because there's no way that would be um that poorly written but you know the the whole point is that they wanted to see betty go full dark and i feel like you are on board with that i am totally you know? on board with that maybe yeah, if we so get uh, another season yeah. i hear a cat purring that's amazing <laughs> We should just end the episode with like 10 minutes of cat purring. Cat purring Canada. <laughs> Everyone needs just 10 minutes of cat purring in their life right now. I, uh, I saved some cat purring playlists on Spotify that I listen to when I'm trying to sleep sometimes. Really? Nice. I didn't know such a thing existed. It's but, wonderful. Because you know, it you're an amateur. Because you're an amateur. Although I expect uh, it to play quite a big part in season five. The cat purring? Yeah, well, because now that Jason knows it's a thing on Spotify, mm -hmm. like, it'll just be like, Betty will be like, I was listening to my favorite cat purr when I heard a mysterious murder on the Spotify. What <laughs> could be happening? I was listening to Mr. Honey's tape and I could hear a cat purring through the whole thing. Dun, dun, dun.
we've never seen a I've cat been on Riverdale. With my Dr. Dre headphones. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Caramel's have? fucking dead. Yes. Caramel. Caramel. Oh yeah. It's been a long year, Caramel. You guys. Justice for Caramel. 2020's a lot. Justice for Caramel. Justice for Caramel. Oh my goodness. Justice, Justice. for Poopy. Caramel's Poopy. gone but not forgotten except by Velasco. I feel really bad, you guys. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's That's okay. how you should feel after talking about Riverdale. You know, tis what it is. It's the proper place to be in emotionally. I feel after. shameful and guilty and Jason. bad. Jason's friend Valeska. What do you have to plug? Um, Jason's friend Valeska. I'm not talking oh. to you, Jason. Uh, I'm on Twitter at bitchcraftio. Uh, follow or don't. And I'm sorry that I forgot caramel. It'll never happen again. Okay, uh, you can find me on uh, you know milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com for email or find me on Twitter at mpodcastm. Um, I don't think there's anyone else on the... Oh, there's a ghost! Who is that? Oh, it's Mr. Honey's ghost! That's what Jason's name is. Jason, mm-hmm. do your plugs. I don't know why I did that bit. It was bad. Follow was me on Mr. Bit. Honey at uh, uh, twitter.com. Okay, Mr. okay, Honey. cool. And as always, you can find me at your local watering hole, pretending that it's Sweetwater River. Thank you, and have a stupendish day, and here's some cat purring to end the episode.